Welcome back to Real Talk Torah, courtesy of the database with Rabbi Yeshua Eisenberg, where it is HS Chayel week here at the database. And what that means is, for today's Shir and issue, we are going to discuss HS Chayel and our minhag of reciting HS Chayel every Friday night, every little Shabbos. We're going to discuss why exactly we do that and what exactly HS Chayel is, where are its origins. You might know that it comes from Sefer Mishlei, which is in Ksuvim. Mishlei authored by Shlomo HaMelech. And we're going to discuss more specifically what the origin of Eshes Chayel is and to whom it may refer, right? Is it a generic description of the dream wife? Or maybe it refers to a specific woman or several specific women who existed in time. And maybe not just that, maybe it's a metaphor for something else entirely. We find all these suggestions in the Midrashim and in the Mepharshim, which we're going to talk about. But there's one particular reason why I've dubbed this week Eshashchayel week. And we'll get to why I refer to this week as Eshashchayel week in just a moment. But as we go through Eshashchayel, we're going to look at one particular interpretation that appeals to our Parsha. And Be'ezras Shem, time permitting, I would like to actually also devote a Baal workshop to Eishas Chayel, where we will discuss different ways of incorporating some of the Eishas Chayel themes and tunes into Tefillah. And Be'ezras Shem, we will do that in a way that will hopefully appeal to the Hamaven Yavin crowd that we like to talk about in Baal workshop. But there will be more on that, time permitting, later this week. But what I wanted to focus on right now is um, who the Eishas Chayel really is and um, just share a little bit on that. And that will um, all be discussed after we thank our sponsors. So the Eishas Chayel, whom we normally thank um, every Lel Shabbos, um, who contributes to building a home of Torah and all the different things that we value in our religion. So I, it's, it's important to also give thanks, as we will right now, to our sponsors. First, we have Lili Nishmas, Shmuel Menachem and Ayaleib, Leah Bas Avraham, and Yehuda Chizde Yakir Ben Rav Shlomo, all of the Neshama Shehav and Aliyah. So thank you to the anonymous sponsor. And then we have a sponsor from Dir Chaverim, Yoni and Margalit Lewis. Thank you so much for sponsoring. And anyone else who wants to do the same can reach out to me at the database at gmail.com. That's the data then base, B E I S at gmail.com. Whether you want to sponsor for one shear, maybe a week of shear, maybe more than that, you can just reach out to me at the database at gmail.com. Okay, so let's talk about why I've named this week Asia Schail Week here at the database. So, among several different interpretations, that you find in the Mepharshim and the Midrashim, who in fact is the Eishas Schayel, there's one interpretation that appears in a couple of Midrashim, once in the, the Medrash Tanchuma on Parshas Chayesara, and also in the Yalkut Shimoni on Mishlei, on the particular portion of Eishas Schayel, which appears in Paraklamid Aleph of Mishlei, 31, and it's at the, it's the midway point towards the, to, to the end um, of Mishlei, so it's, uh, or not of Mishlei, of, of Paraklamid Aleph, it's at the very end of Mishlei, Paraklamid Aleph, starting from Pasuk Yud all the way to Pasuk Yud, um, Pasuklamid Aleph, so it's 31, 10 to 31. Uh, so the Akut on Mishlei and the Medrashan Chuman Parshas Chayesara, they suggest that Eishas Chayel is a reference to none other than Sarah Imenu. And the Medrashan Chuman goes as far as to say that when the Pasuk tells us that Avraham um, eulogized Sarah, that Avraham came to eulogize Sarah and to cry for her. So the Medrash says 
that Avraham um, proclaimed the words of Esha Schayel. Now, we might be more familiar with Esha Schayel's being composed by Shlomo HaMelech. You could say that if this is true, I'll peep shot, that Avraham eulogized Sarah Imenu with the words of Esha Schayel, that these words were kept um, in the Mesorah and then they were redacted and maybe um, they, they were compiled by Shlomo HaMelech and then put into Esha Schayel. However, the, some of the Pashtanim on Mishlei suggest that Esha um, that Schayel was written for, um, in honor of the mother, believe it or not, of the author of Mishlei, or at least this portion of, of Mishlei. And if you look at the opening of chapter 31 of Mishlei, it says, Divrei Lemuel Melech. This, these are the words of uh, some king named um, Lemuel. And I believe some say that this is, in fact, a reference, another name for Shlomo HaMelech. Um, and at least that's what Rashi says. And they talk about why his name might have been called Lemuel at that point. And what this would sound like is that that Shlomo HaMelech originally intended these words. If he wrote these words, if he composed them, he wrote them for um, for Bas Sheva, who was his mother. And again, if you look in the Yalkut Shimoni, you find several different women uh, to whom Esha Schayel may refer. So among them, the, it gives the, the, the wife of Ovadia. Um, it, it goes through different psukim, actually, and says, this pasuk is a reference to this woman. So one gives the wife of Ovadia. One says we have the wife of, uh, or the mother of Shimshon, who's named, uh, whose name is not found in, in Sefer Shoftim in Navi, but her name is Tzlaophonis. We find her name in Chazal. Some say we have the Tsarfis, um, the woman, the, the Almana, uh, the, tsarfi, the Tsarfasi um, Almana that Eliyahu cured and saved and, and was Mepharnes her. A bunch of different women that are, that are referenced here, who it might be. Rabos Banos Asuchayel, one major says, is a reference to Rus. And actually, um, Rabbi David Foreman has a, has a very elaborate shear where he suggests that the entire Esha Schayel is actually a reference to Rus, who happens to be the only woman in all of Tanakh outside of Mishlei um, who's actually referred to with the expression Esha Schayel. Um, Boaz refers to as an Esha Schayel. So there's a very compelling case to make that the Esha Schayel um, is referring to the great um, grandmother of, of Shlomo HaMelech, the grandmother of David HaMelech, who was Rus. So that, that's, a, that's a very fair possibility. We're going to focus particularly on the portion of, in the Medrash Tanchuma and the Yaakov Shemini that says this is a reference to Sarah Imenu. And the reason why we're doing this is because the Medrash suggests not just one Pasuk that's a reference to, to uh, Sarah Imenu, but several Pasukim that are a reference to Sarah Imenu, meaning there's a very major approach in the Medrash that this was in fact the eulogy of Sarah Imenu. So even if you could find several Pesukim that are references to different women in history, um, there, is a, there is an approach that says the entire Esh Eschayel is a reference to just Sarah Imenu. But there are several other women that are referenced. There are also some male figures in Tanakh that are referenced here. Pieces that say that um, either that there are references to Noach, to Adam Rishon, to, to Moshe Rabbeinu. So um, the Esh Eschayel is, um, it's it's um, it can be taken as a unisex um, description of something, uh, meaning not just referring to women, but re- even referring to some men as well. So that's something that will um, that that will keep in mind. But let's before before we talk about Sarah Imenu, um, let's talk about our recitation of Eshes Chayel on Shabbos. So you have to go no further than just the art scroll sitter. Well, when you go to the portion of Eshes Chayel, 
So it brings down here, it says that the 22 verses of, of Proverbs, which on the surface is a hymn to the perfect wife, who is the mainstay of the home. So it talks about, despite that, you know, there are, there are a bunch of allegorical explanations of, whom, um, of, of who the Eishas Chayel is, or to whom Eishas Chayel refers. Um, this this Eishas Chayel, Miyimta, who could find her? And again, all the different praises of this woman. So um, very simply, let's say it's referring to just the generic dream wife in the home. So we thank the wife for all of her contributions, all of her, all, all the efforts that go into homemaking and creating the Shabbos home, the, the shalom bias that we, that we want. And she lights the candle, she cooks the food, all the different mitzvahs that she does to help us get ready for Shabbos, among all the other things that she does in the home. So we thank the woman of the home, and that, and, and that alone is enough of a reason to recite Asha Schail. However, there are several other explanations that the art school brings down that it might be interpreted as a reference to the Shekhinah, maybe to Shabbos, or to the Torah, right? Rashi, in his second interpretation of Eishas Chayel on Mishlei, he says it's a reference to the Torah, that the Eishas Chayel is referring to just the Torah itself. So it could be talking about Hashem, it could be talking about the Shabbos Kala, right, that is, that, that, that is Shabbos. It could be talking about Chachma in general, maybe it's also talking about the Neshama. Um, so Chachma, there's a compelling argument to make that it's a reference to Chachma, because all of Mishlei is talking about Chachma. So Eishas Chayel being referenced to Chachma, um, it makes a lot of sense, especially since the opposite of Chachma, Avera and foolishness in Mishlei is referred to as a zona, as a harlot. So this would be the, the, the counter explanation. Um, so that, that, that all is a very fair way to summarize um, Eish Eschayel. So there's so many different ways you can go about interpreting Eish Eschayel. And it's very telling then that if the Midrash spends a lot of time trying to depict Eishas Chayel as a reference to Sarah Imenu, that there's a big there's a big argument to be said why that should be true. Now, um, as as we go through, let's take a look actually at that um, the Midrash right now. Med, um, and I'm going to go through it from the Midrash Tanchuma Parshas Chayisara. Um, it's found in uh, Chayisara Four, Chayisara Dalid, and it starts off by saying, so. Is the crown of her husband. So this is taken from Mishle Yud Beis. So the um, so the Eishes actually comes up even earlier than the thirty-first parak of, of of Mishle. It comes up in the twelfth parak, which says Eishes is the crown of her husband. It says the Medrash This is Avraham who. Um, lamented over Sarah, Avram began to cry about her, and he said, Who can find such an Eishas Chayel? Um, her, her husband, the heart of her husband, feels secure and trusts in her. Amasai, when did this happen in history? Says the Medrash when Avram said, Just tell people that you're my sister. Okay, so if we're so and the Medrash is going to break down the entire Rishas Chayel, say what each pasuk is a reference to. So it says that when it, um, what's Batach Bala that the that the husband can trust in her that that she's taking care of him, he's secure because of her. That's Imri Na when she went along with the charade and said that she was his sister. Gimalasu Tova Lora Kol Yemei Chaya. She. Um, she uh, um, bestows good and not bad upon him all the days of her life. Um, so, 
This one, though, the Medrash that I'm looking at does not give an explanation for this. However, in the Yalkut Shimoni over here, it says, what's Gimelasi Tovalora? That she causes him to be bestowed upon him good and not bad. So this goes back to what Avraham said to her, to, to Sarah Imenu. He says that if you do things, then I'm going to get blessed by Avurech, right? Um, uh, that I'm going to get blessing because of you. This was in Parshas Lech Lecha. Right, the Pesach says, Laman yitech ba'avurech v'chaisenav so the, Medr- the Yaakut Shimoni says that's what this is a reference to. Now I once had an interpretation of Gimalas Hutov Velora as, um, you know, the, it's an interesting question that you could ask. Gimalas Hutov Velora, what, what is it saying that she bestows upon him good and not bad? Like I guess, um, you know, like, 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 wouldn't you hope that if she bestows good that she's not bestowing bad? Like what's the Chiddush? Once you say that she, oh, she does so many good things for him. So then you need to come back and say in the praise that, oh, by the way, she also doesn't do bad things to him. And maybe you could argue, yeah, there are many wives that might do both good things for their husbands and bad things for their husbands. Maybe that's true. But I wanted to darshan the Pasuk as a reference to a time where a woman actually did bestow both good and bad. When Chava, um, she gave from the Eitz Hadas, Tov Vara, she bestowed both good and bad. She gave that fruit to her husband. And that was a time where it was not a flattering time for the woman of the home. The reason why the woman has to now light the candles on Shabbos, the Gemara and Shabbos um, on Daf Lamed Aleph brings this down, is because of women bestowing this evil upon the world and bringing death to the world and, and bringing the darkness to the world. So Gemara is not a great thing that, or the, um, in, uh, or the time, oh, sorry, Gimalasi Tov Vara was a bad time for women. But at the very end, the woman who does things right, if you look at the very end of Mishlai, it says, Tinu Lame Priyadeha, give her from the fruit of her hands, right? Meaning the fruit of her hands, the fruit that she's earned herself, not the fruit that she took off the forbidden tree. So that was how I wanted to interpret that once. But we have a case of Sarah Imenu bestowing only good and not bad upon her husband. Okay, fine. Darshat Semeru Fishtim, that she separates, she, she investigates Semeru Fishtim, wool and flax. So, says, um, says the Medrash, Bein Yitzchak Leishmal, Shamra Goresh HaMazos Vesbana. She's able to discern between Yitzchak and Yishmal, the, the Semer and the Fishtim. So it's a, mush, it's a mushal for Yitzchak and Yishmal. When she said, okay, keep them away from each other, this was a good idea by Sarah's part. Okay, Haisa Kanyo Socher, she's like a business person. When, when, when did she make a good business deal? Um, so at the time when she was... Um, so actually, when, when she was captured by Paro, she was like a merchant ship, meaning she became someone's eye candy. She became someone's merchandise. When did that happen? When, when, when she was actually womanized, when she was objectified by Paro. And similarly with Avimelech. You see that it's happening twice, so she's becoming like a, a piece of, uh, of, of business, which was, this is actually not, now in this light, it sounds like it's not a flattering description, but this is what she became like when people were objectifying her, um, namely Paro and Avimelech. She gets up when it's still night. When Avram woke up early in the morning, this is very fascinating. It says she rises up while it's still night. When? When Avram gets up in the morning to do the Akedah. Very fascinating. The Medrash doesn't explain what that means. But if the husband's waking up early. You know, They say behind every great man there's going to be an even greater woman. So apparently, if Avram got up early, you got to assume that she was getting up while it was still night. But again, the measure doesn't elaborate, but that's very fascinating. It says that she gets up late at night. What does that mean that when Avram got up early? Okay. She scouts out the field and she takes it. 
This is also very fascinating. She apparently scouted out the Mahara the field of the Mahara where Now, I have no record of that, but apparently she was the one who wanted to ultimately acquire it. And we see that Avraham also seeks out the Mahara when he goes to Ephron in Parsha Shayasara, this week's Parsha. That's what he's looking for. So, very, very fascinating. So, um, so and fascinating that, and apparently this is this is what she sought out. She ended up being buried there. She girds her loins when Avram rushes to the tent to talk to Sarah, telling her what to do to run around and do things. So she rolls up her sleeves and does some of the some of the really tough work. She perceives that merchandise is good when when the kings came to her. All right, so and this is a reference to Avraham's war against the kings of all things. Okay, they split up during the night. When it says that her hands extend things to the poor, so we see this is exactly what she did when she when she was making things for the passerbys. She was doing good things by bringing them food, um, helping Avraham in that effort. Okay, Kappa Parsalani. So again, a similar thing that she she extends her hands to the ani. Apparently, she gave tzedakah and she clothed the the naked. Now, interestingly, the, no pasuk is cited, but it's assuming as a given that this was something that Sarah Imenu did. She was not afraid um, of the snow. Her household's not afraid of the snow. Says the measure very fascinatingly. Fascinatingly, She's not afraid of the snow. What does that mean? She's not afraid of Gehenim. It sounds like, according to this measure, hell froze over, because uh, apparently the snow is a reference to hell. Lama, um, why? Well, why was she not bothered? Because everyone has clothes to protect them from the snow. In this case, to protect them from Gehenim. Um, so Shnayim, apparently, what's what's Shlavushanim? Shnayim, not Shanim, but Shnayim, Shabbos and Mila. The mitzvah of Shabbos and Mila, very fascinatingly, there is clearly an assumption here that they were given Shabbos at this point. Now, yeah, according to this measure, it sounds like we'd have to assume that Avram and Sarimena were the first Jews, because if they weren't Jews, they wouldn't be able to keep Shabbos. But that is a more, some more fascinating words from the Medrash. Okay, so and there, there's plenty more here to go, so let's keep going. Marvad and Masala, so she, um, these... Um, uh, Marvadim are a certain kind of ornament that you wear on the arms, I believe. Um, and so says says the Medrash, what are these reference to? Elu big de kahuna. Fascinating. Because, well, do we know that Avraham was Avram a Kohen? Some might say that in a certain sense Avram was like a Kohen, right? We have Avram, Yitzchak, Yaakov, Kohen, Levi, Yisrael. But maybe it just means that, they're, that they're, um, um, their offspring would be Zoha to, uh, to wear the big de kahuna. From the fruit of her palms, she planted a vineyard. Ze Yisrael, that's a reference to the nation of Yisrael that would come from her. Her husband is known within the gates. We see this very clearly when Avraham wants to get a grave from the kever. They call him, they say, Adoni, Nasi Elokimata, you're a prince of Hashem. Good. Sudden Asa, so there are suddens like a, it's like a cloth, like a, imagine like a long sheet. So also, she made a sheet. What is this reference to? Zohamila. This is a reference to, to Brismila. Shnemar Sodashem Lirehav. The secret becomes known to those who fear him. So 
another dubious expression in the Medrash, not so entirely clear what this is a reference to, but apparently the, the secret of Brismila was given over to Avraham Avinu, and um, this, this secret was not given to the rest of mankind, only Avraham. Oz v'hadar levusha, Oz and hadar, might and, and splendor are her clothes. Elo anani hakavod shayimakifan ohel shalah. Interesting. The Anani HaKavod that covered her tent. So we might have thought the Anani HaKavod was a new institution at the time that the Bnei Israel left Mitzrayim. Apparently her tent was covered by what is also referred to as the Anani HaKavod. We see that in reference to Rivka Imenu, that when she goes into the tent, the Medrash says, when she goes into the tent, the Pasuk says the, the tent of Sarah. What's so special about the tent of Sarah? And only through that was Yitzchak finally comforted after the loss of his mother. But says the Medrash, all of the miracles of Sarah Imenu returned to the tent. Among them was the cloud that hovered over the tent, which may be the forebearer, the progenitor of the later Anani Akavo that would surround the Bnei Israel. Apparently that's being referenced here. The Oz and the, the Hadar, which are her Lavush, this is the Anani Akavo that was around her tent. Pia Paschal B'chachma, her mouth opens with, with wisdom. Amosai when? B'shash Amr, the time that she said, B'shash Amr lo, Bonel Shifchasi. The wisdom of Sarah Imenu is when she said, take my maid. When she gave um, Hagar over to Avraham to marry her. Very fascinating that this is to be considered the Chachma of Sarah Imenu. Tzafiya Halicho is Beisa, um, which is a reference to, um, 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 Sophia is to yearn after, halichos beisa, those who, um, th- those who walk in the house, or the walkings of the house. What was she yearning for? She was yearning and looking at, looking forward to the time that the malachim would finally return, and, and uh, when they, because the malachim said, okay, well, we're going to come back to you this time next year, to tell you to, to that when you'll finally have a kid. Presumably, this is, um, she probably yearned for them after she was scolded for having laughed cynically inside about um, whether or not she could possibly have kids, whether or not Hashem would grant her that. Her children will rise up and will call her blessed. What's this reference to? And she said, who's going to have said this of Avraham and Sarah that, that, that they would finally have children in such an old age? So, um, her, so we, the children of Sarah, who constantly praise Avraham and Sarah, and we praise Hashem for what Hashem had given them, how they were able to have kids. Rabos banos asuchayel. There are many great women um, who make who have valor. Elohomos. This is you know this is all the nations of the world. There are many great people, many great women. Viatalisa kolona, but you're greater than all of them. Shneamar habitu el Avraham avichem ve'al Sarah tichololchem. The, the Pasuk in Shayo says, just look at Avraham, your father, and Sarah, who bore you. So these are the greatest ones. Give her from the fruit of her own handiwork. When the Pasuk delineates the years of Sarah Imenu, this summary is, is giving her the credit where it is due for every single one of her righteous 127 years. And Ad Khan is the Lushan of the Medrash, at least when it comes to the description of a very powerful and beautiful medrash describing the incredible um, tribute to Sarah Imenu and all the wonderful things that she did in her lifetime. There is not a single woman in all of the medrashim that's given so much credit in Eshes Chayil. And so 
this apparently speaks to, again, the connection between Sarah Imenu and being the Eshes Chayil. Um, the Medrash Yalkut Shimoni has similar but also slightly different Lashonos. So you can look at the Medrash Yalkut Shimoni on Mishlei, which um, has a different, um, slightly different spin on how this is a reference to Sarah Imenu. Again, similar but, but slightly different. Um, and another thing to think about is how um, Parsha Shai Sarah at large is the Parsha not only of of eulogies, of tributes to the great women, but it's the parsha of Shiduchim, of Shadchanis, which we find uh, the very first uh, Shidduch that's made, um, um, in at least um, uh, um, day manpower, the Shtadlis of, of Eliezer, the Eved Avraham. So the, the, the Shidduch of Yitzchak and Rivka, since we know that Rivka was filling the shoes of Sarah Imenu when she married Yitzchak, so we could think of also as Rivka Imenu as the Eshe Schayel in a certain sense, filling in the roles of the Eshe Schayel to be um, not just the matriarch, but also the wife of valor. Um, so that would be a reference in a certain sense to her as well, filling the shoes of Sarah Imenu, which we see depicted in this Medrash as well, with the tent and, and the other Medrashim that talk about Rivka entering the tent. So the, so the Parsha being a Parsha of, of tributes to the great women in our lives, and especially Sarah Imenu, but also a reference to um, the, a, a Parsha that is a reference to the a concept of marriage, the concept of wifehood in general. So there's plenty to be said about how, how Eish Chayel will connect to the Parsha, which um, gives us um, a great starting point for some tunes which can be used for this week, which we'll talk about in Baltavila Workshop. Before we close, I wanted to just share one more beautiful idea about um, Eish Chayel, which comes from a Pasuk which we did not reference yet, but it's a famous Pasuk that's used for a lot of different songs, and that is the Pasuk of Sheker HaChein Vehevel HaYofi, Isha Yiras Hashem Hitis Halal. Right? Sheker HaChein Hevel Yofi, which means that, that Chein, favor or grace or charm, that's all falsehood. And Hevel HaYofi means that beauty is really vain, and it's, it's nothing, it's emptiness. Isha Yiras Hashem, but a woman who fears Hashem, so she, he, he tisalal, she's the one that's going to be praised. And the Pashib shot of this Pasuk is suggesting that you know, there are certain things that are just superficial in life that are not worth our time, not worth our praise. And really what we should be focused on is the, is, is the, the intrinsic spiritual beauty of someone who fears Hashem. And that's what you might say um, is the Pashib shot of this Pasuk. Now, this um, is a little bit sobering and maybe too much so, or, or very much so at least, for regular, um, um, you know, healthy men in this world where when, when, when we are looking for a, a spouse, so, and hopefully that's the only way we're doing it, you know, where we're doing it in a nice kosher way. But what, the way we think of it is that, well, of course you want to have a Yare Shemayim as your wife, someone who has good midos, and someone who has, um, uh, someone who's ready to build a home of Avas Torah Yer Shemayim. And this is all true, but we, we, we do want to be attracted to our wives. So there is an incredible Vilna Gon. It's an, actually, it's, it's a beautiful, and not just the vain kind of beauty, but a beautiful comment of the Vilna Gon. Um, and it comes up in several places, but I'm quoting it from the Penina Mishochana Hagra. And the Vilna Gon has a beautiful read of this Pasuk, which a lot of young guys in the dating world love. Um, and it, it makes us uh, feel much more comfortable. 
Um, when I say us, I mean us as men. Um, I'm not currently dating. Baruch Hashem, um, happily married. But the Pasuk, um, the, is, uh, on the Vilna Gon, he talks about this Pasuk um, in reference to some very strange premises that we find, precedences that we find in the Torah at large. We find that many of the Imahos are described for their beauty. Right, so the I found this in the Vilna Gon and talking about the Pasuk with regard to Rachel Imenu. The Rachel Haisa Yifas Tower Vifas Mara. Rachel was a woman of great beauty. But you know who else is described that way? Well, Sarah Imenu is described as beautiful, um, which we quoted earlier. Um, we quoted a part of the Pasuk earlier. We didn't quote the whole thing. But Avram says, I know that you're a woman of, of, of beauty. And you know who else is described that way in this week's parsha? So Rivka Imenu is also described as a woman who is particularly beautiful, even if it possibly was at her tender age of three, according to one medrash at least, um, though there are plenty of other interpretations if that one makes you uncomfortable. But there, the Pasuk says... She was beautiful of appearance. And also there's a medrash about Sarah Imenu as well, to come back to Sarah Imenu, besides for the Pasuk that we quoted, the explicit Pasuk. But when the Pasuk talks about the 127 years of Sarah Imenu, it says that when she was age 20, she had the natural, youthful beauty of, 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 of even when she was seven years old. So, so there's a lot of talk about beauty. So ask the Vilna Gon, considering the Pasuk in Mishlei, these things are very vain. Why? Would we go out of our way, and why would the Torah go out of its way to praise um, the Imahos for such a thing? Right? So the Vilna Gon has a beautiful read, and the read is as follows. He says, Sheker ha'chein vehevel hayofi. So it says, When is this shehayofi imhu hevel vesheker imhu lavad? When the beauty and the when the beauty and the and the grace when the yofi and the chain are by themselves, yeah, then the, those things are vain. Aval biisha yiras Hashem. So when it's a woman who fears Hashem, so then he teshalal and she's praised, but not just praised, but praised for all of these beautiful things that she has. Meaning a woman who uses her beauty to serve Hashem, so she's actually praised. For her beauty, for her charm, the Pinin Mishulchan Aguroh quotes a similar but slightly different nosach. It says, um, "So the question is, so it talks about Yosef, for example, So the question is, why do we praise this? And he says the same answer: When they're without Yiras Hashem, then you're right. Then it's like a golden nose ring in the in the in the snout of a nose. Sorry, the snout, snout of nose, the snout of a chazir, the snout, the snout of, 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 of a chazir. Aval isha yiras Hashem, he But a woman who fears Hashem, she's praised. Ratzalomar, what is that to say? That the ke'es gam hachen vayofi tisala. She can be praised for these things as well. And the Vilna continues and talks about um, how there's a pasuk in Yishaya, in Yirmiyahu that says that a person shouldn't praise shouldn't praise himself because of his chachma or because of his gevura or because of his riches. Except the person who, and it says the person who um, knows Hashem, then he should be praised. So the the uh, the 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 medrash, or really the the Mishnah in Pirkei Avos, Perik Dalid Mishnah Aleph talks about Ezehu Ashir, Ezehu Chacham, Ezehu um, Ezehu Gibor, all these different things. So the Bar says, what does it mean Ezehu Ashir? 
who is the Asher Ezehu Chacham, who is the Chacham that should be praised for his Chachma? Because the Pasuk in Yirmiyah says that you shouldn't praise these things. But says the, the Mishnah, apparently, and says the Ravavadi Mibar on the Mishnah, what the Mishnah means is that there is a certain kind of a Chacham that doesn't necessarily deserve your praise. There's a certain kind of a Chacham that does deserve your praise. The Chacham who deserves the praise is the one who learns from all people. The Gibor who deserves praise is not just the strong guy, but the guy who's Kovesh is Yetzer, that's the guy who you can praise for his Gvura. And a person who is rich, you might say the person who's rich is only the person who's Sameach B'chaku, who's happy with his lot, so says the Bartanura, not necessarily, you know, you can could, you could have a person who's rich, he has a lot of money, but he's not happy with his portion. So that guy who's rich, but is not happy with his portion, his riches are not worth praising. Don't be like, oh wow, that guy's so rich, you know, um, what, what a guy. But when should you say that? When you see a guy who's happy with his portion, no matter what his lot is, then you could say, wow, that guy's rich, but guess what? What I've noticed about him, what's different between him and other people, he's, he's actually happy with what he has, and he uses his riches to serve Hashem. So in a similar vein, um, we have this Vilna Gon and, uh, on, on Chain and, and, and Yofi, that these things by themselves are not really worth anything, but they are worth the world if they can be backed up by Yerushalayim, like paper money that's backed up by, by gold, so we have something that's really backed up by something of value. So just another nice thought to walk away from Esha Schayel with. So in the meantime, I think that takes us through um, a very um, interesting and very enlightening discussion on Esha Schayel, and again, to whom it refers, and what we can do with Esha Schayel. So this goes out to all of the, once again, the wonderful women in our lives. And I thank you for joining us here at the database. So in the meantime, keep it real, keep talking, and most importantly, keep the Torah.